Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. You might be saying, I know prayer is important to multiply disciples. I know that without prayer, I can't do anything. I know I should abide in Christ, but how do I develop a life of extraordinary prayer? Today, we're going to be talking with Ryan Skoog. He's one of the authors of a new book that's just come out called Lead with Prayer. And he is a man of prayer. He comes from a family that is a praying family and um, just amazing people in ministry. I am so excited for you to hear from Ryan today, some of the principles and concepts from this new book. And I know you're gonna be challenged afresh to grow in prayer, to grow as someone who is an extraordinary person of prayer. I know I am going to be challenged as well. So we'll dive right in in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. Well, we are here with Ryan Skoog. And Ryan, so good to have you here on the Dare to Multiply podcast. You are somebody who I've watched for many years. We've been friends since you were, um, I don't know if you were a teenager or in college when you first met, but yes. long history that we've had together and you are somebody who has dared to multiply the kingdom of god wherever you go and it's just a real honor to have you here Um, ryan is also the leader of an organization called venture Um, i'll let you share more about that ryan if you'd like but what we're talking about today is prayer and how disciple-making leaders can develop a life of extraordinary prayer, the importance of developing a life of extraordinary prayer. Um, Extraordinary prayer is one of the foundational critical components of releasing a movement of disciples, of disciple multiplication, literally everywhere in the globe. There are some things with DMMs that are different in the US than they are in Africa or Asia or the Middle East, but this is not one of them. (laughs) Prayer is across the board. Everywhere we look, we've seen that Without prayer, we don't see movements. And when there is much prayer, extraordinary prayer, we do. And so it's just a real honor to have you on here. Ryan's just written a book called Lead with Prayer. He'll tell us more about that as well. 
But um, yeah, tell us a little bit of your story. How did prayer become a vital part of your life? And and maybe how do you keep it central um, in, in your life as you're leading an organization, doing all kinds of amazing things around the world? Um, talk to us a little bit about prayer and how that became even the topic of this book or a central part of your life. Sure, sure. I, I think uh, one of the gifts of my life is I grew up with a praying mom. And, and so I grew up with listening to her in her prayer room late into the night, calling out to God, praying for neighbors and nations night after night. And I, as an eight-year-old, put my ear up against the door and listened to mom as she mm. prayed and prayed and prayed and called on the Lord. And many of the things that she prayed, we saw happen and mm. miraculous things in our lives. And so early on, uh, even as a young boy, I knew that there is something to a life of prayer that was really, really powerful. And then growing up, in, you know, into you know, fast forward into being a leader of a, 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 a international nonprofit, we started seeing what God was doing with the global church and how it's exploding, and mm. wanted to sit down and sit at the feet of the global church and say, "Could you teach us how to follow Jesus more? Something amazing is happening." And instead mm. of a leadership principle, what we found was a prayer life that undergirded mm. all of the explosive things that were happening. And then I looked mm. up at my shelf and I saw, I've got a full shelf of leadership books that teach me how leaders lead all the way down to the macronutrients they take every day to be able to <laughs> have the, the edge that they need. So that's how detailed all these books get to the leaders and how they lead. But I don't have a single book that talked about how leaders pray mm. and what does it look like to pray as a leader? And and, and really what we found was we started digging into the research and I'm, I'm kind of going on the whole story of the book, if you don't mind on this one, but we yeah, started sure, please. and a large, the largest Christian foundation in America did a uh, over a hundred thousand dollars study into the prayer lives of Christian leaders in America. Hmm. And the results were so bad. The foundation had said, this is the most disappointing study I've ever read. And they never hmm. even published it. And, wow. and so there's this huge lack of prayer. The reason that I don't have a leadership book on how leaders pray is because they weren't praying. <laughs> and so <laughs> this is huge because, uh, and then I started reading in Samuel, where Samuel says this powerful line. He says, God forbid I sin by failing to pray for you. Mm. And and they, I, I had this uh, like epiphany moment where I was like, God, do you hold leaders to a different standard of prayer? Where it's even mm. a sin if they don't pray for those that they're leading. And mm. it really convicted my heart. And so wanted to go on this journey of interviewing leaders around the world and just asking them one simple question. Tell me your daily prayer life. What is it, mm. what is it like? Because wow. I, I really believe that prayer is something that you learn from other people who are people of prayer. It's an apprenticeship, not a not a knowledge based or a, a, a you know, a something you just learn it from an information, but truly. It's an example, an apprenticeship type of, a, of, a, of a, an experience. And so right. that was, that's been the journey. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing about that. And, you know, as we were getting ready to hit record here, we were talking about how we we're enthusiasts. You know, you said the, yes. the authors of the book, you know, we're not experts because you never attain. No. Yeah. You know, so maybe say a little bit about that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if, so like if you, there are certain topics like it, humility, you can't be an expert in humility. You can only be an enthusiast. You can say, I like it and I want to be humble. 
And with prayer, you could never be an expert in prayer. We, we were just enthusiasts saying, we want to learn. We want to sit at the feet of praying mm -hmm. leaders and learn from them. And so that's the, the spirit and that's the, the goal. And I'm still there after going through this huge journey. I'm still just an enthusiast. <laughs> There's no expert here. But I am very enthusiastic about seeing leaders get on their knees and cry out to God because there's a scripture in Jeremiah where it says the leaders are senseless and stupid. It literally says oh. the word stupid in the ESV. They mm. don't inquire of the Lord. Mm. And, and it was this really strong language. In fact, that's the only time you see that word in all of the Old Testament. It's such a, a, a uniquely like the leaders are uh, brutish is the King James version. <laughs> They don't inquire of the Lord. So God is really passionate about getting leaders to get on their knees and start calling out and crying out. Because if leaders aren't praying, well, then the people they're leading aren't praying. Yeah. And so it, it, it really comes down to there, there's one classic line. Um, uh, there's a guy in, in a Christian ministry that was really excited about prayer, but wasn't praying himself. And he mm. invested over a million dollars in different prayer initiatives and they all failed. Mm. And, he, and then he went to pray and said, God, what happened? And the Lord says, you can't multiply by zero. Mm. God says, you have to have a prayer life before you can multiply it. And, and that line was so gripping of like, okay, we're not, any, anything you, and this speaks, you know, really clearly into DMM and multiplying movements is mm. you can't multiply by zero. If you're not, then you can't multiply it. And, mm. and so if you're not, it, really practicing and enthusiastic about an extraordinary prayer life. It's, it's hard to launch a prayer movement that could launch a movement. So. Right. Really yeah. I loved what you said in the book about, you can't delegate prayer. I mean, of course we can mobilize yeah. prayer and we can try to get more people to pray, but we as leaders, we can't delegate that and think that, Oh, you know, I'm going to do all these other things as a leader and somebody else is going to be the intercessor for this movement. No, yeah. we have to be multiplying who we are as leaders because that mm -hmm. goes down throughout the entire movement, throughout the whole organization for those who are organizational mm -hmm. leaders, for pastors who are listening, yeah. being a praying pastor. Um, and as a disciple maker, those who you're discipling are going to catch your lifestyle of dependency on God and prayer is such a symbol of our dependency, isn't it? Um, mm. When we're not praying, it means we're not depending. <laughs> We're well, doing things yeah, and Jesus, Jesus said, you know, I'm the vine and, and you're the branches. And without me, you can do nothing. But mm -hmm. if you abide, then you're going to bear fruit, eternal fruit. It didn't mm -hmm. say that you wouldn't be act active. There's all kinds of activity that can happen and all kinds of leadership activity that can happen. But the eternal fruit is only going to yeah. come from our abiding. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you bring up the, the term abiding because I was just I was just in Africa running a training recently. And that was one of the questions that came up. What do you mean by abiding? Um, mm. How you know, how much do I have to pray to be abiding, you know, or yeah. how much, you know, what does it mean, really? And I yeah. think there, there is confusion around that term. We want to do it. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean? And um, yeah, maybe talk about that just for a minute. Sure. Um, you, if you mind, I'd, I'd like to take a step back right before we hit that, that abiding. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and, and really something we found out was uh, when we started diving into the lives of praying leaders, we actually did over a hundred hours of interviews with leaders in uh, six continents and their ministries covered over a hundred countries. So we mm -hmm. really got an incredible uh, swath of praying leaders all over the world. 
And one of the greatest discoveries was uh, a, a, an incredible woman who had been working for decades in a refugee camp, a New York financier who was over billions of dollars, Francis Chan, Mother Teresa, and, and all these people, they had similar prayer lives. And it seemed like across the world, if you want to be an intentional praying leader, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to a similar prayer life. And that was mm-hmm. something we were not expecting. We thought it'd be always varied, but no, it really started. They all started looking very, very similar. And, mm-hmm. and all of the leaders that we saw kind of had two different things or two different aspects to their prayer life that were really, really powerful. And we call it praying slow and praying fast. Our, our mm. brains are actually wired for slow thinking and fast thinking. So God actually put this kind of in our brain chemistry. And the idea is they all had extended times mm. and they found ways to have an extended time with the Lord and craft a day with the Lord in morning, noon, night. And then they also had what was called practicing the presence of God. They would have prompts mm. throughout the day to be able to remind themselves to stay focused and thinking of your thoughts. So, so I call it praying fast and praying slow and, and praying mm. fast could be, you know, mealtime. And they would just say, when I drive past this, I pray for this. When this, this happens, I pray for this. When I walk past this area, I pray for these people. Um, another person had uh, all these lights that he turned off in his house and every light was going to be someone he was praying for. And these are these prompts. Um, and it, mm. it actually goes back to um, 605. Uh, there's a Pope that decided that he wanted to put a church tower and a bell in every town in Europe. And the reason was that every time the bell went, they wanted to remind people to pray and practice the presence of God. And so mm-hmm. that was, it goes back to 605. Uh, and, and that same idea is metaphorically, what does it look like to put a bell tower in your day that mm-hmm. rings and reminds you to spend time with God? So you have this practicing the presence was one aspect that they all had. The other aspect was that they all had scheduled times where where they would have an extended time with the Lord, whether it's morning, noon, night, or um, or, or one you know morning and night extended. But the idea is they really were intentional about crafting a day with God. Mm-hmm. And and to answer that question of abiding, um, I th- I think what it comes down to, at least, in, in, is there's this phrase that Jesus had um, actually when his ministry got busier. It mentions that he went to went away to withdraw and pray more, not less. Mm. And, and so it kind of begs the question you know, in ministry, do we think we're busier than Jesus if mm. we don't withdraw away more than when as ministry gets more uh, involved and, and gets bigger and gets more intense? Um, mm. and, and what they did is that here's the Greek. It's kind of fascinating is they didn't say that Jesus withdrew away and prayed. It said that he was a withdraw away and prayer. And what, and th- what that means is you, you know, there's difference between someone who plays golf occasionally and a golfer and, or, or in a negative sense, there's someone who, there's a difference between someone who complains every now and again, and somebody who you would call a complainer. There's mm. some point that you do something so much, it kind of becomes who you are. Mm. And Jesus became a withdraw away and prayer was the Greek. Because mm. at some point, it was so a part of his life, it became who he was. And so I think abiding is when prayer becomes enough a part of your life that it becomes, you become a praying leader. Mm. And it becomes an, a, a hallmark or an identifier of who you are. It becomes part of your identity. Mm. And, and yeah. that's what I think uh, that idea of abiding is, is 
is Christ is on your mind as much as possible. And, and you have long, extended, slow times, and you have quick props throughout the day to practice the presence. Yeah, so good. You know, it reminds me of some of the things that we've encouraged people with, with prayer habits and prayer mm. rituals, you know, and uh, one of the things that you, I know you've been in Thailand where I live, uh, we have lots of long traffic lights here and they used yes. to re really annoy me. You know? ah. And yeah. um, I said, you know what? I'm going to make a prayer habit. Whenever I'm at a traffic light, I'm going to pray for Thailand. And it changed, it. you know, how I felt about traffic lights. Yeah. And yeah. Re redeemed something that I found frustrating, you, but it was a prayer a, habit. You made a bell. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so. awesome. I, I have that too um, in airports. When I'm in long lines in airports, um, I just pray for everyone in line that they would become, that they, their eyes would be open and they'd see Jesus and they, yeah. they'd come to Christ. And it turns, something that was really annoying for me along you know, the airport line into something that was this beautiful communion with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I think those are the kinds of habits we all can look for. Your habit might be different from someone else's, but what can you do to make prayer something that's, um, yeah, just a part of your natural rhythm of the day. It's happening regularly as well as the extended times like you've talked about. But Ryan, you know, this podcast is mostly for people who are thinking about disciple making, mm -hmm. multiplying disciples. Of course, prayer is a huge part of that. But I just thought it'd be interesting for them to hear from you as well. Um, why, why do you think DMMs are worth investing time, money and effort in? And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your engagement or involvement with disciple making multiplication. Sure. So um, I run a nonprofit called venture.org and venture means to go to a difficult or dangerous place. And so we go to the three uns where it's unsafe. So the you know, war and trafficking and persecution where it's unreached, where, you know, less than 2% have heard the gospel and have access to the gospel. And then the last is the unresourced, meaning we only go to places that less than 1% of Christian giving is going. And so if it's really bad, they've never heard of Jesus and no one's giving there that's where we want to be and and so those places are very very difficult to work and i kept getting um we, we saw god do some great great things but i kept getting these uh emails of pictures of churches being destroyed with backhoes or burned or torn apart and thought this is a terrible waste of money and this is a bad you know this is a bad investment and i started just crying out to the lord saying god can you show us another way to be able to reach mm -hmm. unreached people? And, uh, and, and by God's grace, ended up running into some people that were practicing disciple making. And, and I was like, this is what I've been looking for for so long. And, and so we, we literally shifted all, all of our partners went through and to get trained uh, in all the different countries that we serve. So we really pivoted. And the, mm -hmm. the minute I, I tell people from a ministry standpoint, um, I felt like DMM was the pearl of great price. You know, of course, Christ is the pearl of great price. But from a ministry perspective, this is the, the pearl of great price. Sell everything else and invest in this. And, and mm -hmm. so we really pivoted and and things just started exploding in, in, mm -hmm. in ways that we couldn't could never imagine. Um, I, I think just uh, what was it? Uh, just the end of this year in, in one just one of the countries, about 8000 house churches have been 
uh, planted. And I got to be a part of a mass baptism of over a thousand people from 26 underage people groups just a few months ago. And just yeah. the, the the ministry that's taking off. In fact, there's villages where um, so many people came to Christ that the brothel shut down because there wasn't a, you know enough customers uh, from because so many people had become Christians. So you're talking about true generational transformation of the gospel. Mm. And so, uh, and then my, my wife and I, we were at the very early stage, we're like, well, we have to practice this. You can't multiply by zero. Right. And sure enough, some of our neighbors came to Christ and another family member came to Christ and his friend came to Christ and my son got to lead his friend to Christ. And we're starting to see, you know, people coming to Jesus that we, and we, and at rates that we had never even seen ever in our own neighborhood. And we started training other believers and they started seeing their friends come to Christ. And, and it was just powerful to see that if you really take these principles, no matter where you are uh, in, in, mm. in, you know, in a rich suburban America or out in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, the Himalayas, uh, we have one of our, uh, one of our, our church planning uh, master trainers. He has the record for the highest altitude showing of the Jesus film uh, in the <laughs> world. It was like 19,000 feet, like higher than Kilimanjaro showing the Jesus film up in villages and you know so that remote to a, a a wealthy suburban american you know suburb it, it works everywhere and so we've seen god you know really take this these concepts and it's the it's doing the simple versus trying to understand the complicated right it's just mm. doing the simple things and and the simple obedience and that's that's it's we've just been so grateful to god it's just been a beautiful gift Mm, wow. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm so glad you shared the the scope of things that you've seen, you know, where disciple making is multiplying all the way from remote areas to uh, suburban America or Europe. And I think sometimes there's a real, a, a real struggle people face. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are working in the West. And mm. um, it's like, can it work here? You know, and um, yeah. can can we see movements here? And certainly, there's unique challenges. But I I love that you included what God's done just in your own neighborhood as you begin to reach out and things are starting to multiply and grow. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a couple of quick stories on that. Like, you know, we we start you know simple thing. Are you praying for your neighbors by name every day to come to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And we we're like, oh, uh, we got to start that. And mm -hmm. you know, a few months later. Uh, we started hanging out with some of our neighbors, be, be intentionally hanging out with the lost and we're playing cards with them. And they're like, hey, could we come to could we could we come to your church or or learn about your kids are just great kids. And we want to have good kids like that. And it was just this. They asked us. And mm. and so and it, you know, it was just awesome to be able to help lead them to Jesus. And then we started training some believers. And there's a guy that said, I actually haven't met my neighbor in 10 years, I live next door to him haven't talked to him in 10 years, started praying for him every single day by name, crying out to God. And his neighbor's tree falls into his yard. Mm. And so he, you know, and his neighbors spend six hours clearing a tree and talking mm. about everything. And he's an Iraqi war veteran, you know, real, real traumatized by that whole experience. And uh, six weeks later, he gave his heart to Christ. And mm. here he went from 10, 10 years, never even meeting him. He goes through a training, starts passionately praying and intentionally praying for God to open doors and, you know, a fallen tree leads to someone coming to Christ. And uh, another, another guy that we trained uh, here in America, he said, you know what, this is perfect for college students. And so he mm -hmm. had a, a college ministry that, that saw like, uh, you know, 
a few dozen people come on a on a certain night and then he started doing dmm and now they've got i think they've started like started five groups and those five groups started another three groups and now he has way more in the dmm groups than he has had ever in the ministry and he's training other uh college ministries and so yeah there's another guy started this in a he got trained and he started doing this in a prison and he's doing dmm groups in a prison in southern minnesota so yeah there's all kinds wow. of ways of using the in here in the west that's awesome yeah it's incredible how it's so simple sometimes when we introduce dmm stuff to people or disciple making they're like this this is really really easy you know, it's almost mm -hmm. beneath them, you know, <laughs> especially, yeah. especially sometimes when we introduce it to, you know, our Asian, uh, you know, Singaporeans yeah. or Koreans, yeah. they'll be like, this is way too easy. And yet it's mm -hmm. that simplicity with obedience that uh, makes such a big difference that you're describing. So good. Yeah, it's, it's easy to know. It's hard to do, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like like an exercise program. It's really not complicated. There's a handful of steps and you just do these every day. And, but it's hard to do. It's not, you know, so that's the thing is when people say it's easy, I'm like, well, then you haven't been doing it. It's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easy to know. And, and that's, that's what I love about the, the, the whole process is it's not just giving someone knowledge. It's more like a personal trainer coming alongside saying, Hey, we're going to do these workouts together. And mm. it's difficult. And, yeah. and that that model is how transformation happens. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's life on life. It's not just uh, getting a bunch of new information. Mm. And um, there, you know, I don't know about you, but I met some people who are experts in disciple multiplication. They know it all, but mm. then they haven't yet started really seeing seeing groups started in their neighborhood or they haven't really moved yeah. forward in the obedience side of it. And and that's that's really the key, isn't it? You know that uh, putting it into practice, learning, learning by doing. I'm still learning. I still struggle, you mm -hmm. know, through some yeah. of those things. And um, yet, you know, that's that's where the rubber meets the road, or that's where it gets real. Is you know, making intentional time when you're busy to to have a meal with your neighbor's kids, or to have them over to mm -hmm. play games, those kinds of things. Um, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's go back to your book and just, um, again, this connection between prayer and disciple making. You've already referred to the the lost I know list or lost and saved list. There's a lot of different mm -hmm. uh, terms for that. Yeah. But getting getting people to start regularly just praying for their neighbors is one, one way that these two are connected and a simple yeah. skill that can be used. How else, how else are these things connected in your life or people's lives you studied or, or uh, interviewed? Yeah. So uh, I want to want to share the, you know, we talked about these commonalities that we saw amongst leaders across the world and that those patterns, actually every chapter of the book is one of the patterns that emerged as we were doing all these interviews and and the the most surprising thing was all these amazing leaders we talked to I and mean, we, we talked to christian billionaires who their company revenue was the size of the gdp of the whole country of belize you know these massive mm. organizations they're running and all of them had one really incredible thing in common and that that prayer was friendship first mm. and and it's just a beautiful thing where jesus said i don't, I don't call you servants i call you friends and they took time, was one, as one of the leaders said, to waste time with God. 
Hmm. And you, you think you're so busy in life. And yet he said, and this is a guy that was a capital manager over billions of dollars in New York, right downtown Manhattan, one of the busiest places in the world. And he says, no, I scheduled time to waste time with Jesus just to be with him. Hmm. And he says, you know why? Because that's what friends do. Friends waste time together. Hmm. They just are together with no agenda. Hmm. And it, there's something so powerful about just being with Jesus. Even there's a story of Mother Teresa where they asked her what she does when she prays. And she goes, oh, not not a whole lot. I, I, I really just sit there and listen. And he goes, really? Well, what, what does Jesus say? And he, she goes, not a, not a whole lot, but he sits there and listens as well. And, I, and I, <laughs> if you, you know, that, that, that you're asking about abiding. And she goes, and if you can't understand that, I can't explain it any other way. But that being with Jesus, mm. you know, he says he called his disciples to be with him first. Mm. And then mm. out of that comes the fruit. And so having that friendship first versus just, okay, I'm time to pray and I got to pray through the list and get through the list. And it's powerful to pull down heaven, but first it's friendship. Mm. And, and, and as you have that mentality, it's so awesome to see your friend Jesus may just ask you to pray for something that's not on your list. And you mm -hmm. find out what's on God's prayer list. And, and then you start partnering with the Lord that way. And I've had that happen mm -hmm. so many times where I want to pray for this and this and this. And the Lord's like, actually, I want you to pray for this. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will grip my heart and I'll cry or something will happen. And then we end up working in that, that country later on. And you know things like that happen that are just amazing where you're just being with God and finding out what's, uh, what's on his prayer list. He might mm -hmm. lead you to pray for a completely different coworker or neighbor or friend or family member, then you, then then that's on your list, and, right. and so that the friendship idea is just so powerful. Um, and then the other thing is, at a someone one of the leaders we talked to, he says, you know, most of the people that have dynamic prayer lives, they actually find a way to like it. <laughs> they enjoy praying, and if there's an enjoyment, you'll do it more. And right. and so that's that's one of the beauties of, of friendship. First, so I think those are some of the things that are so powerful because out of that comes the fruit and that comes the multiplying you know fruit is a multiplying image where mm -hmm. you know there's a thousand forests and one single seed and and dmm talks about how one person of peace can open up an entire people group you know mm. there's that beauty that happens but it can happen through abiding mm, so good and when you talk about you you know find a way to like it it kind of reminds me of um when I first started running, you know, and I hated it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I hated it at first. But then the more you do it, the more it becomes a part of just your normal routines, the mm -hmm. more enjoyable it becomes. And I think that's important to say, especially for those who don't have a vibrant prayer life to say, mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's gonna be some slugging it out. <laughs> Sometimes or you're sitting in silence going, okay, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. Why am I here yeah. doing this? Yeah. Wasting time with God does not feel effective. But it grows. It grows in our lives as we continue to um, practice that. So just wanted to comment on that. Wow, our time has gone really fast, Ryan. And I know you have other things to get to as well. So we're going to need to start winding down here. But tell us about some of the resources that are available on yeah. the website. So, so one of the things, uh, leadwithprayer.com, we just wanted to put a bunch of free uh, resources to help people get started. Uh, using mm -hmm. the, the weightlifting analogy, you know, if you show up at a, at a gym, you have all these machines, but you don't know what to do. And, and you can just kind of grab one here or there. And that's most that's an example of most people's prayer lives. They schedule the time they get in their knees and they're like, okay, now what? 
And so we, we created these prayer cards. Um, there's, there's 52 of these. And um, the, you can, on the front of them are a couple of scriptures to read really slow. And then on the back of them is an interactive prayer. And you can pull out a handful of these cards and it'll help you extend your time. Where there's prayers of, you know, uh, of, of gratitude, of thanksgiving, prayers of petition, prayers of abiding, prayers of confession, prayers of, of growing in character, and all these different types that you can pull out and use. So these are available to download for free on leadwithprayer.com. The, the book itself, every one of those practices, we have a prayer tool and it listed out. And some of those prayer tools you can get for free as well at leadwithprayer.com as well. So we're just trying to create all the tools that we what we learn from praying leaders because it's something you catch in practice. And so we have all these tools to help you, you know, stories to help you catch it and then tools to help you practice. And, uh, awesome. and then the other thing is um, having that intentionality of, of learning how to craft a day with God. So there's some tools on how to have a personal liturgy and certain things mm -hmm. you're going to pray for and postures, you know, I've been been deeply impacted by I, every day I roll out of bed on my knees. And that idea of starting the day on my knees, that posture mm -hmm. is something powerful and little, wow. little tips and tools and tricks all like that to help you just really incorporate and really, you know, build and craft a day where your mind is more fixed on Jesus and you're abiding with Jesus. And again, out of that comes incredible fruit of multiplying. Mm. So good. Yeah. And I've, I've downloaded some of those. Ryan gave me a set of those cards and I've used them and uh, so appreciate the, the resources that you're providing both for free. Some of those who are listening don't have access to Amazon or bookstores. And mm -hmm. so, but they can get those free resources and um, get it, get yeah, access and, to that. And, and if you, I mean, really too, if, if, if you want to translate them, translate them for free, it's, we don't have copyright. We have right to copy, just use it. And, and, and whatever you can do to multiply it is what we're doing. All the, the proceeds of the book are going to fund uh, 24 seven prayer centers and prayer initiatives. Mm -hmm. And so it's the whole thing is, is designed just to help more people connect and really become praying leaders. And so that's, that's the mission behind it. Thank you. Yeah. And, and your heart there is just so, so amazing, Ryan, and all the, the other authors as well. I know you wrote it with two other guys. You want to mention their names? Yeah. So Peter Greer, who runs Hope International, one of the largest Christian microfinance or organizations. And, uh, and then also Cameron Doolittle, who is uh, behind the scenes helping really see a lot of funding for movements. Uh, and he also runs John Mark Homer's Practicing the Way Ministry. So Awesome. Yeah, incredible yeah. people. Yeah, and it's so good to see you guys work as a team, even in the book and the reflection of that. It's really neat. So leadwithprayer.com yeah. uh, is where they, they can get a hold of the book or get those resources. So lastly, I just want to ask you, Ryan, would you pray over those who've been listening? Pray that all of us, and you can include me in this, that we would grow as people of prayer, people who abide in Jesus in more in greater ways, in more extraordinary ways that we would, we would take the, the step, I guess, you know, to yeah. do that. Yeah. We'd love if you'd pray over us as we close. Yeah. Yeah. And right, right before I pray, there's um, a, a friend of mine that just told me this. He said that for that scripture as the deer pants for water. So my soul thirsts for you. He said, he put that up in his office and for 10 years, asked God to make that real. And he mm. said, it took about 10 years, but now he says, I truly, truly, desire with my soul desires to be with Christ. And so one of the first steps in this is just literally asking the Lord 
to make us thirsty and hungry for him in our mm. souls. And so, Lord, I, I'm going to I'm going to do that right now. Jesus, thank you. You're here and we love you and we thank you for being with us. And I ask that everyone in this podcast and all the people that they train and lead, you'd make all of us thirsty and hungry for you. Mm. Like Psalm 63, which says, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul mm. longs for you. My body aches for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Mm. And I pray, Jesus, that truly your love would be better than life itself to all of us. And you'd call us to, to friendship first. You'd call us to your presence and abiding. Mm -hmm. And out mm -hmm. of that abiding would come incredible fruit that would multiply. Mm -hmm. And I pray that everyone here that's listening, God, that's passionate about movements, making disciples who make disciples, and movements that make that lead to movements. God, I pray that your grace and anointing would come upon them in such a powerful way that they mm -hmm. would not give up, that they would do the simple things over and over and over again and watch mm -hmm. you multiply in ways that they could never even see. And God, I, I believe that some of the seeds that we're planting now, we will not see in our lifetime, but they will happen in, in generations beyond us as we plant these seeds. And Lord mm -hmm. Jesus, I pray that you would give us the courage and the grace to never give up and to stay connected to you, stay mm -hmm. on our face before you, stay on our knees and humbly calling out to you. And Jesus, I pray that you would move upon them in a mighty, mighty way to live prayerful lives, abiding mm -hmm. lives mm -hmm. that are just uh, ones that, that are marked with the presence of God in the mighty mm -hmm. name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Ryan. So great to be with you today. Absolutely. And um, this has been awesome. Yeah. And uh, go get his book. This is a worthwhile read and even more than reading it. Let's do it. Let's become leaders who pray, who pray a lot and who pray often and whose prayer lives go deep and also who enjoy Jesus. We enjoy doing it, right? It's a lot yes. of fun to develop our prayer life. So God bless you guys. We'll see you back next week on the next episode. Thanks so much. Imagine a world where passionate followers of Jesus come together to multiply, transforming lives beyond imagination. Instead of toiling with little fruit, what if God's abundance flowed beyond your wildest dreams? Picture those you've invested in sharing Jesus freely, creating a ripple effect of disciple-making. In her new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Cynthia Anderson reveals how shifting mindsets can revolutionize disciple-making. When Cynthia and her colleagues experienced these mindset shifts, they saw enormous results including the launching of 19 multiplying movements in African and Asia, transforming tens of thousands of lives. This book will help you discover hidden harvesters, see church members move from passivity to passion, and release the power of simplicity in multiplying disciples. Don't remain stuck. Learn to move toward greater fruitfulness. Visit MultipliersMindset.com and get your copy of The Multipliers Mindset today. So many great nuggets of wisdom in that 
interview with Ryan. Wow, I feel challenged. I feel inspired to pray more, to be more with Jesus, not just talking and praying, but to be with him, wasting time with Jesus. Wasn't that an amazing concept that it's all about friendship with God? It's not just about praying through my list or praying, you know, a lot of time and hours of praying, lots of prayer points, though he did give us some cards that can help us grow in extended prayer. And those are on the website. But I am just inspired and challenged to just develop my friendship with Jesus more. And I know that you have been as well. Let me just hit some of the highlights that stood out to me as I always do. First thing was he said, there are lots of books on leadership and leadership strategy. And I'm also a reader. I've got a ton of books on my shelf about how to be a good leader. But what about books that help us to develop our prayer lives as leaders? And this book that they have released is a good one for that. Um, he talked about the verse in Samuel, God forbid that I should sin by failing to pray for you. Wow. We as leaders are held to a higher standard and that it actually is sin for us not to be people of prayer, not to pray for those that God has entrusted to our care. Um, yeah, powerful and something that I need to go to God with and say, Lord, do you, I need to repent in this area. I know I do pray often for those that I lead, but um, yeah, there are days when I don't and times when I, you know, I want to pray more. So a good challenge there. He said, you can't multiply zero and talked about how we can't delegate our prayer lives to others. We, we want to mobilize others to pray. But if we are going to see fruit in our ministry, if we are going to see the kinds of results we are aiming for in our envisions and what we're going after, we must grow in our lives of prayer. Interesting similarities he described. He talked about fast and slow prayers, that both of these kinds of prayers were in the lives of every leader they interviewed, over 100 people with amazing prayer lives. And he talked about short practicing the presence of Jesus kinds of prayers, prayer rituals, prayer habits that are built into their lives. And um, then he talked about extended times of prayer that these leaders um, would practice. And I would just ask you that, you know, I'm asking myself, what else can I do to make sure that I am regularly throughout my day, practicing the presence of Jesus, pausing to just say, I'm here, Lord, what do you want to say to me? How are you doing today? <laughs> just like I would with my husband or my kids to just notice them, right? We need to notice Jesus throughout our day and practice his presence. And then um, also times to withdraw and be away with Jesus. And I loved what he talked about the Greek of um, Jesus was a withdraw away and prayer kind of person right? It was something that was who he was. He would withdraw and pray as part of his very identity. Uh, Ryan talked about doing the simple things. He talked like praying the lost and saved list or praying for your neighbors regularly, daily, intentionally reaching out to them. And he, he said, find a way to like prayer. But we also acknowledge that it can take time as we grow and develop our prayer life, but it will come, it will come that day where it's such a joy to be, to, to be with Jesus and just to, to be a person of prayer. So um, your, I don't know what your takeaways are per se from all of that, but I want to give you an action step as I always do. 
do a quick assessment. And even you might go to the leadwithprayer.com. There's a prayer assessment there that you can do. But even if you don't go there, just take a moment right now and say, Lord, is there anything you want me to do differently in my prayer life? Is there one thing that I could do this week to, to be more extraordinary than I have been in my prayer life? And for you, extraordinary might be, you know, praying at the stoplight. Extraordinary might be taking a regular prayer walk or deciding to fast one meal a week and pray for those who don't know Jesus around you or whatever it is. But let's let's grow. Let's grow. I want to grow. I'm going to be growing this week. Let's grow as people of prayer, as leaders who lead with prayer, as the title of the book describes. Okay, God bless you. We'll see you back in the next episode next week. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.